and gentlemen, welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for health and athletics. Two Australian trail championships, a 24-hour track race, six-foot track marathon, and has represented Australia three times at the long-distance mountain running world championships. I mean, I guess you could say ain't no valley high or mountain low that she can't run, right? I mean, it's the other way around. Anyways, let's just say she knows a thing or two about running. Did I mention that Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons? So, yeah, she knows her stuff. You'll be sure to get all your questions answered and maybe even a runner's high just by listening to the advice and good vibes of the Peak Endurance Podcast. So you like running, but you're feeling pain or irritation. You can't enjoy it like you once did. Or worse, your performance has taken a big hit. Now you're reminiscing on the good times where the wind blew past your ears. Nature looked lovely as you passed it. What are you waiting for? Go and visit the specialist at Health and High Performance. With the latest in technology and a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can help you with all your running injury and performance needs. Let's get you back to doing something you love with the results you're capable of. Head over to healthhp.com.au slash run, or you can find them on Instagram at Health High Performance. Health and High Performance are located in Mount Albert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. So contact them now on their website to find out more. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. Episode 142 is an interview with Sean Kessler, race director from Western Australia. In this interview, we chat about a few of the many races he organises, and there's a lot, how he has coped with lockdowns and trying to stay positive with races being so difficult to hold during this time. And we also talk about what running he's been doing and what he's got planned. It's a fun and interesting chat. Well, 2022 is almost upon us, thank God. And I don't know about you, but I'm planning my races for the year. I personally don't do New Year's resolutions, but I do like to set goals for the year. So in that vein, join me on Wednesday, the 12th of January, 7pm Eastern Standard Time, as I hold a webinar to guide you through the process of setting goals for the race and running season and goals that you can actually stick to. You seriously don't want to miss this webinar. The link to find out more is in the show notes or just go to my website and have a bit of a look around while you're there. Um, And of course, as always, I would love it if you could subscribe to this podcast, maybe write me a little review, something nice. I, I would truly love it. It means so much to me. And, you know, I work hard to get this out this podcast out to you I'd love to hear what you think of it um so yeah the link to that will be in the show notes too now if you're not on my email list you want to be go to peakendurancecoaching.com.au to sign up to get articles and info on all things running and ultra running enjoy my chat with Sean It's Tom Day here, back with another week of my thoughts. And this week being Christmas, I kind of want to talk about training and a bit of the uncertainty trap that people fall into, myself included. And that's when 
because it is now kind of a break and you're not there's not so many races you might not be training for a race but you still might feel the need and pressure to train um but you don't train fully because you don't have a full goal and you're kind of in this in-between zone and you feel a bit stuck and you're not really motivated so you might run once or twice a week and then you feel bad because you're not running uh the structured training or some runs maybe you're supposed to because you're not committing to a goal because there isn't any real structure to your training because you're stuck in that in-between and it causes a lot of anxiety and certainty at least for me and a few other people uh, close friends and stuff that i know that fall into this trap too and it's like i kind of want to talk about that especially with christmas now coming up and um something i've really found helped with me was to commit um to you know giving myself that week to actually rest and say you know what this week i am going to take it easy and it's okay not to do these certain runs that i might have in a more structured uh training week um, I think that's important um, just to give that, that new frame of mind and that mindset um, rather than being in that in between not knowing and feeling bad for not doing it or you know doing certain runs here and there just to fill it in so I just want to kind of get that off my chest and talk a bit about that and just say I recommend if you can during this time especially if you're going to train and you're going to have a structured training, make a plan, stick to that plan over Christmas period, whatever you're going to do, you know, your normal weekly training and make sure you're committed to that or decide, no, this isn't, I'm just going to have fun this week or these couple of weeks. I'm going to eat whatever I want or um, and I'm not going to run too much. I'm just going to run purely for the enjoyment, not for the training. So, you know, I don't feel bad if you don't do certain runs. You usually would on a more structured training. And just planning and giving you giving it a purpose, giving the weeks um, some purpose uh, to follow to. So if it's rest and just enjoy Christmas, or if it is a structured planning plan, and not get stuck in that in between where there's no real purpose. You're not resting, but you're also not training. And you just, for me at least, I just feel anxious and crappy. And so that's kind of my thoughts this week going into Christmas. Sean and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Thanks for having us. So um, now you were just saying that you're um, currently in quarantine so do you want to just uh, explain to the listeners how that's come about? Uh, well we were over in, uh, I was over in SA um, for our last event of the year, uh, Hysterical Carnage Backyard Ultra um, and uh, I've managed to avoid and skip um, quarantine all year. Uh, I did some calculations. I've done been to 26 states this year, huh. um, and I think six or seven um, trips individually for those states. And I have not been in quarantine at all until the lucky last trip. And uh, had some staff over there with us. They flew back and they got back in time. And by the time I drove back over the border because I did a little bit of networking up in the Flinders um, and yeah, the board is closed. So uh, day 13 today, one more day. Lucky then, day 13. Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty keen to get out, to be honest. I haven't done any running or anything because I can't do the typical thing. So yeah. I'm a lazy fat bum again. But <laughs> No, no, it's just an enforced rest. You'll be back at it soon. Sure will. Wednesday. <laughs> now, can you just tell them... 
I've got right. an ultra this week. I've got an ultra this Sunday, actually. So. Oh, crikey, lucky you're out. Should be all right. <laughs> wow. All righty. Well, can you just um, tell the listeners a bit about yourself, for those of them who, who don't know you, your athletic background and how you got into running? Um, yeah, look, I'm, I uh, originally started running probably 12 or 13 years ago. Uh, used to do it in school, was, was half decent um, in school and then, uh, you know, started the old 5 or 10K business because I was having lots of chronic back problems. Um, I um, fractured a vertebrae when I was a teenager and since then have, have had lots of back problems. Uh, and running um, actually just strengthens strengthens it and keeps all the muscles in bay and and in check. And so yeah, I started from there and then obviously worked up and wanted to do a marathon. Uh, ended up doing an ultra marathon first and and That's then uh, yeah, just got into the long stuff and uh, hate the roads. Um, well, my body does um, really doesn't enjoy the roads at all, but absolutely love trail running. So. Um, yeah, just grew from there. Coast to Cozzy, went and crewed Coast to Cozzy back in uh, 2013 and 2015, I think, and then ran it in 2016. And when I was over there, just seeing the community and, and what that event is all about, uh, like it's a very unique event. And I thought, well, why can't we do, um, you know, an, an ultra scene in WA? We only had, I think, three ultra marathons or four wow. ultra marathons back then. Um, whereas now I think we've got about 27 or 28 in the state, not us, not, we, we do, I think 10 or so in WA, 10 or 11. Um, yeah. And then I guess ultra series grew from there. I was just doing it as a hobby. Um, so, so organized ultra series. Um, it was just a hobby. We had a, a construction company, which we're working full time on and just doing, um, some events on the side. Uh, we started off with four events in the first year, three I ran and, and one someone else ran and we just joined them together and, and then after about three or four years, it just, um, it took off. And, and so I ended up um, winding back the con construction business. And, and one day I was just out at an event and realized that I hadn't done everything that I wanted to do because I just didn't have the time. So within 20 minutes, I'd closed completely my construction company. Um, wow. Got people to take over the jobs that I had booked in. Um, and, um, yeah, just went full-time from Ultra Series, and that was probably 20, I think, middle of 2019 or maybe middle of 2018, 2019, middle of 2019. And having looked back from there, um, obviously the last couple of years have been pretty testing, but, you know, we've been pretty fortunate um, based in WA to, to have, um, uh, you know, our borders... Um, well, our, our events are still mainly operational for a fair bit of the year last year and, and nearly all of this year. Um, and then we've, we've branched out into SA towards the end of last year, just as, as some stuff was winding back there where we had the opportunity to take it over. And um, yeah, it's just grown from there. It's, it's way bigger already than a ever thought um or dreamed it would be it's probably a lot more work than i ever signed <laughs> up for but um super rewarding and i love almost every single minute of it so um yeah i mean that's an awesome story a couple of questions first of all how did you break your back uh i don't know i lived on a oh. farm i grew up oh. on a farm so um, we didn't even know, to be honest, we didn't even know the, the vertebrae was fractured for many, many, many years later. Um, yeah. It just started one incident um, 
happened and then I was just getting physio all the time because I was complaining of a back injury but it was when uh, apparently it was when I was 12 Mm. Um, so that's when it all started but you know it's just something on a farm probably just fell out of a tree awkwardly it had cubby houses uh, in the trees and stuff like that so something like that was nothing major at the time but it it just uh, ended up having longer effects but it's manageable now so yeah oh oh, that's good um yeah, um, I fractured a vertebrae mountain biking, but um, it's it's not too bad. It's it's one of those things that is manageable, isn't it? Um, now, you obviously, so that was your own construction business. Yeah, we had a concrete company. So, well, it was it was concrete landscaping, um, and yeah, we we were really successful. Um, we were um, voted as best um, best concrete company wow. at the time. We had as much work as what we wanted um but it just um oh and i loved it don't get me wrong i yeah, absolutely yeah. loved it i really loved it worked with some great guys um but it um this was this was just something that was always fun and even more fun than, than concreting and and um you know we didn't really ever anticipate um turning it into a livelihood or anything like that it was always just a hobby but um it just got so big, you know, trail running's now the number one fastest growing um, participant sport in the world. And it has been for a few years now. So, um, and obviously Australia's, you know, Australia's well and truly uh, embraced that. And and it's just a, a wonderful family to be involved in. So, um, But yeah. you must also be really good at running businesses to be able to have two successful businesses. Um, so... You know, oh, look, don't get me wrong. I've, I've been shit in the past and, and I'm still not perfect. But I, I lost a lot of money on some businesses years ago, um, you know, made lots of mistakes and, and um, you know, we're still learning every day now because yeah. this, um, you know, Ultra Series is going at a pace that we've just, we're always trying to keep up with because, um, you know, it's... Uh, we, we like to say yes to as many opportunities as we can. We've pretty much stopped saying yes now because we're just, we're at saturation of, of what we're capable of doing. But, um, you know, I like to give everything a go. And, and if you go in it with passion and, yeah. and, um, and, you know, good people around you. Um, and also I'm very aware now of my flaws in business. Um, and so I've got some remarkable women that work with us who are amazing at um, what I'm not so amazing at. Sorry, that's my dog in the background. Oh, that's all right. Oh, good. Um, he, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I think recognising um, those flaws has, has, you know, turned it into quite a great little model that, that works pretty well for us. Um, it's still very up and down um, because... Um, you know, the adaption of cancelled events or postponed or moving things around, you know, it's been, it's been a hard juggle um, the yeah. last two years. Um, but, um, you know, like I said, I'm really grateful to, to have had the opportunity because, um, you know I, know, I know a lot have had a lot tougher than what we've had it at, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you have been lucky that you've still been able to have races go ahead, but you've obviously have races in other states... Um, so that would have been um, tricky with that, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, we ended up, so we, our first event interstate was Heisen in, in 2020. Um, we, uh, we committed to um, taking that on um, from Ultra Runners South Australia early in 2020. Um, and 
Then, of course, COVID hit. Um, and so things went went haywire for a bit. We ended up, so when COVID came, we ended up shutting our doors completely for six weeks. So we took six weeks off and, and just shut everything down just to assess everything. And then when we reopened, we reopened and relaunched and it was a really, really cool way of how it all ended up. But we didn't actually open any events or, sorry, we weren't going to hold any events for six months in total in mm. WA. So there was a potential that we were going to open up early but I didn't want to open up events and then move it and then move it and move it because we couldn't hold them. So we completely shut off any events from happening for six months. And then in that window, um, obviously SA was, was a little bit closer to the action, um, so to speak, than what WA was. So it was a little up in the air. Um, and then, of course, WA borders were, were very firmly shut. So I couldn't end up getting to SA, um, but we were communicating with some with some great mates that we've had there, and they're like, "Don't pull the pin on this event. You've got to run it. Everyone wants to be part of it." Um, so we ended up having a team of six officials on the ground there that came together, along with 99 volunteers, and brought the event together in Hyson, and it went from 200 odd runners as the record it ever had, and we had over 400 runners that first year wow. that we took. Um, so that, that was the, that was the first ever event I've run remotely. So yeah. I ended up, um, still being race control, um, event director from my office, um, and, um, was, you know, 28 hours on call there. I think it was, excuse me. <coughs> um, and, uh, oh, it was an amazing event. So, you know, everyone was, was, um, uh, video, all the live videos and you get to see all the aid stations and. And it was a pretty remarkable atmosphere and energy that the SA community put on there. Um, and then by the time it came around to this year, um, the SA borders were open for most of most of this year for, for WA. So, um, you know, I managed to get over there um, and get things set up. Went to Victoria and New South Wales and ACT a few, few times as well to look at getting some stuff set up there. So uh, obviously a, a 200 miler and a 100 miler um, that's coming. Um, so yeah, it, it's um, been a, a bit of a juggle, um, but you know, it's, it's, we've been, I, I really think we've been um, pretty lucky with how things have, have fallen just with the windows. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for every opportunity that comes along because um, you never know what's going to happen. No, no, it's been it's been very um, unreliable. What's going to happen, basically? So, how many races are you now involved with? Um, we think the exact figure is twenty. Wow. Uh, yeah, it does vary a little bit, just because um, like we did have an event coming up in mid January or mid to late January this year that we've just had to postpone for twelve months because um, uh, we've. Uh, look, to be honest, we've been a little bit overworked. Um, with, what what uh, race was that? Uh, it's a trail, uh, sorry, it's a road relay. So we've oh, we okay. put a series to Australia called the Great Relays. Um, and yeah. it's a great trail relay and a great re road relay. Um, and it's just a, a 100k run and you do it in teams of two or teams of four around a small circuit. Uh, so it, is that, it's, oh no, it's around a circuit, so it's not like the Ragnar relays that, that get no, done in America. No, no it's just generally a two and a half k loop. So and runners swap every every lap. So uh, we did the great road relay. Sorry, great trail relay in in uh, I think 
September, August or September here, and it was massive success. Um, and the road relay was off the back of that, but um, we're just not quite ready to give it everything we need to to, to put yeah. it off. So, um, so yeah. Um, long story short, uh, twenty about twenty events we have, um, eight in South Australia, yeah. one in New South Wales, and uh, eleven in WA. Wow, there you go. All righty. So you've also got, you do three 200-mile races. Yes. What do you think has led to this big interest in 200-milers? Uh, 200's a new 100, as Kansas <laughs> would famously say. So, um, look, I um, I guess if I'm honest, once Costa Cozzi, once I'd been part of Costa Cozzi, I wanted to uh, bring a really big event to Australia um, and obviously selfishly to Western Australia at that stage. Um, so the plan was to, to try and um, put together a 200 miler. Um, I went and ran Tahoe 200 miler in 2017, I think it was. Okay. Um, just before we, before we launched ours for 2019, just obviously work out what was involved, how to go about it, um, you know, get a bit of a feel for what, runners would go through themselves um, and um, yeah and, and the demand you know I watch Candace's 200 milers um, grow and grow and they now sell out every year um, you know which I, I think will be at probably in the next three odd years um, uh, and you know the demand for for pushing ourselves further and further is is um, you know I don't really think there's a uh, a barrier that's, you know, once they do a 200 mile or the next thing will be, you know, well, how much further can we go? So, and that that's, you know, that's human way of, of yeah. testing how far we can go. Um, and so to put a platform there, because there was no point to point 200 miles in the Southern Hemisphere at all when we um, brought Delirious West to the calendar. Um, and then obviously Irrational South now and, and shortly to be Unreasonable East. And, um, you know, that, that uh, people will travel from everywhere um, for them. Obviously, that's kind of probably been the part that's hurt us the most over the last two years with the 200 milers because they are designed for an, interstate, an international um, audience and we just haven't been able to do that. But you just keep pushing through with that. Um, you know, the, the intrigue of, of um, discovering just how far your body can go and what it's going to go through is is strong um and i think more and more people in the ultra community are seeing seeing people push themselves out too far and, and want to try it themselves so you know it's a domino effect once one person starts well then the next want to so um but you know see how much fun everyone else is having well i don't know about fun but <laughs> uh, certainly, certainly growth um yes. you know yeah. individually um we grow so much from from yeah. pushing right to that that cliff edge of of the boundaries of what we're obviously physically but more importantly I think mentally capable of so yeah. um, when people see just how much a person can grow out of putting themselves through something like this well you know what's to stop them from giving it a go yeah no that's fair enough and and obviously the step up from just doing one 200 miler is you've got the triple crane indeed we have so um Look, ours are spaced out a little bit more than what they do in America. Yeah. Um, I think in America, they're like four to four to five weeks apart. Each one. Uh, ours are, I think, more eight to ten weeks apart. Um, uh, you know, that 
that uh, it also fits. Oh, that's each. So eight to ten yeah. weeks between each each one. So it just um, it was how it kind of fits into our calendar a little bit better, selfishly as well. Yeah. Um, but but um, you know they're they're pretty exhausting events, um, mm. and even um, you know not just for the runners, but for the volunteers and for the medics and for you know the officials. Um, they are um, pretty out there events that um, take a, a fair bit of uh, energy out of us but um, uh, yeah look I think the lure of of, of doing a, a triple crown under is is um, I'd love to do it you know I'd love to run it myself but that, that'll never happen but um, you know it's it's um, something that I think people would really really enjoy pushing themselves to so and we do have I think I'm gonna to have to update it, but I think we've got about 15 people lined up to do the, wow. the trip this year. So that's, that's pretty good. Cool. Can I can I ask, do you know what the um percentage of male to female is? Uh look, I I couldn't tell you that off the top of my head. Um I look, I think it's probably pretty even. Um, oh, cool. um but you know, I'll, I'll I'll find that out and get back to you on that. But, yeah, um, I'd be interested. I mean, I just you know just out of interest, you know. Um, you know the one thing I love. Yeah. Is with the two hundred milers, our DNF rate for the females is so much less than the DNF rate for the males. No, um, I've got you my women. Own, yeah, yeah, I've got my own viewpoint on why that is. Why do you think that is? Um, I think probably women have had to endure so much more um, over decades and centuries, let's be honest. Um, you know, uh, the male chauvinism and arrogance and, and entitlement and um, has, uh, you know, probably been our, uh, one of our biggest downfalls in, in the centuries, I think, because, um, you know, women are, are certainly, um, come across a lot more determined and, and strong and, and persevere, um, you know, and, and I, I just think that they're mentally um, in a lot stronger place than what most or many um, guys are ever put through. Um, yeah. So I think, um, I think that lay, leads to them being able to achieve better results personally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think women are more likely to, pace themselves a little better too. Ah, uh, true. <laughs> yeah, true. But, it, but it's the same reasoning, you know, like they're, they're more patient with, with, with their pacing and with themselves, I guess. Um, now, with um, the borders, from what I originally understood was that the Western Australia borders were shut until April. So, you know, there would be no interstaters able to do the, the triple crane. But you're just saying um, just before we started this that, the borders will be opening soon. Do you want to talk, talk to us? Yeah, about so um, actually today we supposedly get an announcement. Um, so the WA borders were, uh, like everyone else has opened up at 80% yeah. double vax rate. We are actually hitting 80% today, um, but our um, Premier has said the borders aren't going to open up until 90%. Um, so uh, our tracking is for the 19th to the 20th of January will be our 90%. Um, but he's also stated that today when he makes the announcement, he'll make it on that approximate calculation of when we'll be at that. 
Um, and then even if we don't get there, they're still going to open up the borders. It'll be, right. or even if we get there earlier, they're still not going to open the borders until that date. So they've set a date for, let's hope, you know, for about the 20th of January. Um, yeah. and, and that's it. It'll be set in concrete and open from there. And then look from there, there will be restrictions still, and it'll be more like you're going to have to be double vaxxed to get into WA. Um, you probably have to do a COVID, um, negative test i guess a couple of days beforehand but look i'm you know i'll, I'll obviously keep yeah. those affected uh on the delirious west page for, for you know obviously that's the first one coming up um and what's the uh, date of the exactly. delirious west how long after the um opening date uh, it'll be a good fortnight at least after it's about two and a half to three weeks yeah, i was after. thinking i was thinking three weeks but yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it'll be it'll be okay. close but thank goodness because um i know uh -huh. You know, people are dying to get over there. Oh, man, we had 92 registered for Delirious West last year, this year, sorry, in February. And then, obviously, we went into lockdown like the week beforehand, oh. over even after everyone had opened up and Victoria were due to open up the day that we went into lockdown. Oh. Uh, so of course, we had a whole heap of Victorians keen to come over and we'd been chatting back and forth that it was all yeah. going to happen. And then WA goes into lockdown. And then, of course, because we moved it from February to October, 60 runners couldn't make it. Yeah. So we had 35 or 34 runners, I think, um, ended up running in the October event, um, you know, which financially it's not worth putting it on. But no. we don't do it for, you know, we don't do it for the financial benefits of there. No, you've got to leave. Yeah, you know, but we... Yeah. Everything we do is is kind of on a three year, three year plan, mind you. Delirious is more like a five year plan because of COVID the last couple of years. But um, you know, uh, it is what it is. We've we've had other things that have um, made it um, easier for it. You know, the local scene has just boomed. Um, even though the interstate and international events haven't got the the fields that they've wanted, the local scene has, and and it's kind, you know, it's balances each other out. So, um, you know, in the next oh, 2023, to be honest, is is um, my plan or my hope that everything um, is just about you know um, running as what it should be. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, fingers crossed. Yes, that's right. Because yeah, well, let's hope so. Um, now you've also got the. Um, SOS race. Did you want to talk about that one? Yeah, the Sink or Survive is a 500k stage race. Um, that's coming next August. Um, and it's a solo event or a team event all on the York Peninsula. So there's a walking trail over there called Walk the York, and it's exactly yep. 500k. Um, oh, that's awesome. From, from start to finish. So we've split it up over seven days. Um, we've never done an event of this sort of nature before. Um, but I guess it's kind of off the back of something like Big Red Run, um, uh, similar sort of, um, I guess, design to, to, to that. So we're going to, you start and finish each day. Um, in, you start and finish the stage each day. Then the next morning, we'll reset and start, start all together again. So um, every, every night, everyone comes together. And then every morning, we start off together um, um, at the, you know, at the start of the stage that where it finished the day before so um and stages are between i think 40 odd and 99k i think is a long excuse me a longer stage um heaps of beach running um dune running coastal running 
Um, it's pretty flat. Uh, I think the highest elevation point at one stage is about 155 metres, and that's on day one. So uh, all the rest is – it's literally, it's around the most stunning coastline. So it's um, uh, obviously going to be pretty flat being around along the coast. I think it's maybe only 5,000-odd metres of elevation over the 500K. Wow, so yeah, yeah, it's it's not pancake flat, but it's it's certainly um, it's certainly not mountains. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to finish up in Moonta Bay. Um, there we are looking at um, putting together a bit of a gift on the Saturday, um, like the York Peninsula or Ardrossan gift in the main street of the town. There, so we're going to close off the main street. Is the plan? Um, we're still working with the council. They're all for it. We've just got to. Um, you know, put the last few pieces together for that and, and we'll do a bit of a, a gift on the Saturday and put some prize money and hopefully get some, you know, fast little SA runners over from Adelaide and it's only about an hour and a bit from Adelaide uh, where we start. Uh -huh. yeah. um, so get them to come up for the day on the Saturday and, and you know, we'll do a, a miler, um, a one miler um, race there and, um, you know, try and get some fast times, um, fast runners over there and hopefully get up a, a few grand prize money through through the, the local area and um, through us and and um, yeah and then obviously the the big big dance starts on the Sunday morning um, up at Port Wakefield and goes from there and, and how many days does that go for that's seven days so it's five seven stages wow. and you've got every stage effectively has a 23 hour cutoff. So, oh, okay. yeah. so they've just got to be in by, I think it's 5 a.m. Um, the the next morning, and then we start again at six. Wow. So, um, yeah, we do brekkies and dinners um, each day with the local community, um, and then the runners need to be self-supported during the day, a bit like Costa Cozzi, where during the day they need to check in and check out of certain points, um, and they have to have a crew if you're running it solo. Um, because that crew rendezvous with you at those checkpoints um, and, you know, resupplies you with your water, your, your hydrate, you know, your nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but then we also have relay options and at those checkpoints, the runners can swap with their teammates from there. Okay. That's different. Um, and, and what about, you know, the accommodation? Is it tent city or what do you do? No, well, the accommodation, the whole idea is we're encouraging everyone. In fact, I know, um, a lot of the, the people that have already signed up have um, organised camper vans. We did a deal with a camper van company. Um, yeah. So that can also um, operate as your, as your crew car too. Yeah. Um, and it, so we'll just be staying in local caravan parks in the camper vans um, or local hotels, et cetera, along the way. So each event um, or each stage, sorry, finishes or or the, the um, village each day is is at a accommodation or similar facility. So, um, you know, we all rendezvous back at back at the, the accommodation points and then move on to the next spot from there. Oh, that sounds excellent. And, um, and this is your first, next year will be the first year running it? It'll be the first of SOS, yeah. So we'll, we'll obviously take a fair bit of what we've learned from the 200 milers through um and um implement that but it, uh, the one thing i do love about it is look with a, a really long event normally like delirious and irrational and unreasonable once you get going um you know the people at the start and the people at the finish will never you know cross paths again until the presentations on the final day whereas with this everyone comes together each day so um you know you imagine the finish line 
every time you're going to have some crews and locals and, yeah. and spectators and everyone kind of hanging around cheering, you know, the first, the second, the fifth, the, the last person in each time. Yeah. So um, I reckon that's really cool that um, I, I think it embraces a fair bit of what our community is, is that everyone's equal. It doesn't really matter how fast or slow you are. If you're yeah. all getting the same thing done, um, well, you know, that's cool to come together each day. So I love that. That's my favourite part, actually, of this event. Yeah, I mean, that's what I love about, about going to races is the community feel of it all. Yep. And it's the same, like the backyard ultra formats are the same because yeah. every lap, everyone comes together again. No matter how fast or slow you ran the last lap, if you got it done, you're still there and you're all equal. Yeah. And, and what is the longest your one of your backyards has gone? Uh, 51 hours. I don't know what that is in Ks. I think 364, yeah. 354, 354, yeah. something like that, I think. It is, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, 51 hours. Uh, that was Birdie's Backyard this year and yeah. no way we thought it was going to be that long because um, the previous record at Herdies was 48 hours um, a few months earlier and we had so much rain over... Um, August, September, um, July this year. July was the wettest it's been in, not forever, but in a really, really long time. Um, yeah. So the course was flooded and we had to do um, deviations through a little swamp area and stuff like that. And even the swamp was was flooded. And so the course was pretty wet, um, but yet they still got a new record. So Wow, that's all, amazing. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Beautiful course too. Now, what's your... um? favorite type of race to to direct sort of length you know um oh selfishly a little short one's good to, <laughs> do yeah, fair enough. um uh look probably birdie's backyard is is probably my favorite event um yeah. of all of them um Oh, that's got to be closely followed by now this new hysterical carnage just because I grew up in Loxton in South Australia and that's where the event is. Um, and so, you know, I had some cousins come down and, and that whole rural country feel there, which I'm a bit of a sucker for, um, which is what Birdie's Backyard's got as well. That's on a mate's um, private property and a tiny little bit of public land as well. Um, but they've got their own private caravan park um, on their property oh, okay. around Big Lake. Yeah. Um, and that's the location down there is just off the charts. And, um, you know, we have people coming down with semi-trailer campers. Like they've got literally big, you know, the old refrigerated trucks that yeah, convert yeah. for campers. There's oh, that wow. clamping tents. There's like Taj Mahals of caravans and everything down there. So you've got 400 people down there oh, cool. um, all set, you know, 200 runners, 200 campers, all set there for this for this. Um, for this event, it's a pretty magical three days. Um, yeah. uh, Delirium West is is um, very closely behind um, that, just because that was, um, you know, that was the the five year kind of dream that I had was to get something like Delirious West up and running, and um, and that's like that's an adventure that every year um, will always always. Um, uh, make some new lifelong friends, um, share some amazing adventures um, with people. And I'm actually going to be running it this year oh. in February. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm in two, three months' time. So two months' time. 
it's the one and only time I think I'm ever going to get to have a crack at it because um, even though we're, num- you know, we're up around the 100-odd entries this year for that, but um, next year tw- or 2023, once all the international borders and stuff open, because I get messages all the time from mm-hmm. people overseas saying how the border's looking, what's happening. Um, you know, once 2023 opens, I'll just it'll just be too big for me to ever be able to run it. So um, kind of jumped at the opportunity this year. Obviously, it was a really small window and went, right, I'll, I'll give it a crack. So um, when that when you're running it, who's going to be race directing? So uh, this year, so we have a team of um, four of us effectively as uh, race controllers or race directors. Um, and uh, they are, well, three of them are race directors and then I was always kind of the event director with an assistant alongside me that just over, keeps an overall uh, eye of more the back end of it. Um, okay. whilst the RDs, so the team of three RDs, they do 12-hour shifts each um, and then have 24 hours off um, uh, to, to rest and, and recuperate, et cetera. Um, and so they all just carry the same phone and they rendezvous each each 12 hours and, and then they work with obviously the team of medics that we've got and then all the aid people, et cetera, and the sweepers. Um, and then so though that same three team will be running it this year um, as the race directors still. So they're obviously all, all experienced. They've been doing it for a few years or some have been doing it for a few years. Um, and then as far as the ED role goes, um, Simone uh, Watkins, who um, who works alongside me as my assistant at Ultra Series anyway, she's um, been down there, has been uh, running the volunteer side of things for the last year or two down there and, and been working it. <coughs> and she does some RD roles for us for some mm-hmm. of our other events too. She's going to run the ED um, side of things because she organises a fair bit to do with the event anyway. So yeah. um, she does so much of the organisation with it. And then Michelle Hanlon from South Australia is going to come over. She's one of our RDs for Irrational South. Um, and she's now actually on board as staff in SA. She's coming over to um, help Simone. They uh, work alongside each other at Hyson um, as RDs there. So um, she, she's coming over to run it with um, Simone. Simone pretty much runs Ultra Series anyway. So um, I just do what I do. And she, <laughs> she, she's, the, she's the one that makes everything happen. So she's got it well under control. Well, I mean, that's great to have a great team around you to... to Very nice. Yeah. And um, so how's the training going, other than your quarantining? Uh, I'm not a big trainer. Um, uh, my 50K and marathon PB came off of three months of no running and I went and oh. did a 50K and, and set, yeah, <laughs> one and truly new PBs. Um, so... Um, uh, but I have to, look. I actually have done more ultras this year than I've done in a long time. So mm-hmm. I haven't done a lot in between the ultras. But uh, I did a hundred miler um, last oh. month. Which um, one? Uh, Feral pig. Okay. Feral pig. It's a hard ultra. Is it? It's a very hard ultra. Yeah, my last. So I got to hundred and twenty-four k in nineteen hours, and the last. 36k took nine hours. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, nice. it is. Oh, it is impossible to run at night. Um, mm. It's just super technical up and down. And and um, I'm not. I, I used to run obviously lots at night and used to run lots, but yeah. uh, I haven't run lots at all. I fell over seven times at this event, which is like a new record by double. Um, 
and uh, yeah, just uh, really, really technical um, steps, rocks, boulders mm. um, for, for a big part of, or for quite a big section of that. And um, it's just so, so slow going. And I was, I was rooted. I was <laughs> so tired. So. Um, yeah, and you stop lifting your feet, then, don't you? Yeah, so. oh man, I wasn't lifting my feet from the start. That's my issue. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm not quite the uh, lean, mean running machine that I once was in my prime. But um, yeah, I ran Mount Solitary. Um, I got oh, yeah. that open the window when I was over in, in uh, the Blue Mountains earlier this year. Uh, and I've done, I did 134 at, the, at a 24-hour run this year. Um, I did a 50k and I've got six inch um, on this Sunday. So, uh, mm -hmm. look, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not going to be setting any records or anything like that, but um, uh, I'm obviously doing it for, to get another 200 mile under my belt. And, and obviously, it's a really uh, um, important event to me. So, mm -hmm. um, to see it from this side of the fence as well yeah. will, will be pretty cool. So, you know, I'll probably be somewhere between 80 and 90 hours, I suppose. Um, um it yeah it won't be fast and it'll be pretty ugly in lots of times but i'll get to share it with my folks my folks and my super crew that came over tahoe um my auntie heather and her partner she also came and crewed for us at tahoe in california um she's been our head medic for 200 milers for the last three mm. years um so she's actually going to be on my crew this year um and then i got my wife um pacing for us and also another nice. really great here pacing as well so well, I mean, you say you don't train, but you've seemed to have busted out a few long runs, so you must do some training. Uh, yeah, look, I'm not, I've, I think maybe I've done a thousand K for the year or 1100 K for the year. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, time, I'm pretty time poor, um, but that's okay. I don't go out anymore. Like probably two years ago when I went out and ran, even though I didn't get a lot of time, I used to try and run fast because I knew that it used to be a lot faster. And and that's when, you know, you just break yourself and yes. have a little stuff like that whereas this year i've been pretty much niggle free even that awesome. 100 mile um you know i came That's out fun. of the fine um um but you know i'm just i'm not i'm just not a fast runner anymore and that's okay i'm, I'm happy with that if i want to be fast then i need to give up um you know events and and yeah. give up something that's more important than to i'd rather put on these events and and, um, you know, give up my ability to, to have results that I'd ideally love to smash out. But if I can put on a platform where so many other people can smash them out, well, then that's far more rewarding for me. So, um, you know, I love, I'm, I'm really happy with how it sits with, with um, being a little fatty bum sticks at the moment and, and um, you know, having so much fun with the events. Um, yeah. you know, and occasionally, because I've got Emma and Simone and now Michelle, working with us, um, you know, I, I get to come and tackle a few of these every now and then, so. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming from what you're saying that that the life of an RD is is a very busy one because basically you work all hours, don't you? Well, I guess it's, it depends on, on you know, how, how much is in the collection. We've, we've kind of been our own worst enemy in, in having so much out there, but um, there, I think, we are pretty niche too, though, in what what we offer. Um, as in, you know, we don't really do any of the shorter stuff under fifty k. Um, we do 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 one or two um, uh, shorter stuff, but mainly all our stuff is is really concentrated on um, the really long stuff. You know, the backyard ultras, the hundred milers, the two hundred milers, the, yeah. the five hundred k stage race. That's that's kind of the 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 field which I think we're probably the the 
um, the target audience for um, and the stuff in between, you know, there's the, in, in both SA and, and WA, there's, there's organisations that do the shorter stuff, which feed into us just perfectly. We don't, we don't want to tackle that. Um, at one stage, you know, we thought, well, is that something we need to do? Um, but, it, you know, it was kind of just crossing over what other people were already doing really good. And, and you know, we've discovered that the longer stuff is what, what you know, we seem to have worked out pretty well. And, um, you know, if we're going to do as much as what we're going to do, yeah, it is going to take a lot of time. We do now um, really try to do Monday to Friday. Um yeah when we don't have events on, but of course we've got events every two to three weeks. So that's a bit diff difficult. And when you do have an event of a backyard nature or a hundred mile or a 200 mile of nature, they are, you know, they throw you out for a week afterwards as well. Yeah. Cause just your sleep's yeah, neg negligible. Um, but, you know, we try and juggle it now between Emma and Simone and myself with, with who does what and, and not usually all three of us don't usually go to the same event um, so that, you know, one person can still hold up the office at least for, you know, the week the week afterwards. And, um, yeah, but, you know, we're, we're still, like I said, we're fine-tuning so much because, um, you know, it's, it's forever adapting and growing and moving and um, yeah. so we just, we just keep going with it. We won't. We do have a few new events in 2022, um, but they've been on the radar for over 12 months that we've we've had them locked in to come out in 2022. Um, but after after this year, we'll we'll just sit on that for a couple of years and and um, just wait till you know things iron themselves out and borders are 100% open. Yes, yeah. um, and um, you know we, that way we just get a bit more assurity. To be honest. This year has been really tiring, yeah. um, juggling stuff and just not no, the the whole. I've almost been a bit anxious of the insecurity of whether you know our borders are going to shut so quickly, so or open again or close or or whatever. I reckon that, so, that um, uh, you know, not being sure is is incredibly stressful. Oh uh, yeah, look, I, I to be honest, I have um, found this year harder than last year. Um, yeah. I guess last year like I said, once we closed everything for six months, we knew at least within that six months that there was nothing that we could do. So there was quite a bit of peace in that, if you get what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then once we opened up, uh, it was pretty good there for, again, for almost six months, um, you know, apart from not being able to get into SA, but we still managed to work that out. And then, yeah. and then um, you know, I guess the one thing which I haven't particularly enjoyed is hear how quickly our borders open or well not open but yeah. open quickly but how quickly our borders close here and that has been really hard um to um to not to manage i guess but just mentally to keep keep um positive yes. about i'm normally a really really optimistic person um i've just found towards the end of this year obviously tired too because we've done so much traveling this year and um, you know, it's you just got to put in the hard yards in the first few years of setting stuff up to, yeah. to you know, build a, a foundation. Um, so I, I get that, um, but I guess the uncertainty has certainly made things more tiring than what ideally they would be in a in a normal year, so to speak. But again, like I said, I, I don't, I don't want to sound ungrateful at all because um, 
you know our, I know our comrades in in um, particularly in Victoria and and to an extent in New South Wales just haven't had the ability to at least have the local market to mm. to you know at least keep things turning over whilst um, whilst the interstate and international market hasn't been there so um, yeah I've, I've really felt for for uh, our mates over there for um, for a pretty shit two years. Well, let's um, let's all let's hope that next year. I mean, I feel like I've been saying this for a while every year. Let's hope next year is better. Um, you 100%. know, yeah, and um, and that people, you know, now that we know the border is going to be opening, that people get onto that uh, triple crown under train and get entered. <laughs> It'll be nuts. Look, I know there'll be certain people that, or some people that will still hold off this year or this yeah. coming year which I get, um, you know, I understand that. And I guess that's where, you know, I've kind of thought that 2023 is is going to be intense. Yeah. Um, our, our unreasonable waste, I don't know if you've seen the figures on that, but the unreasonable waste, uh, 200 miler. So this year coming, we've capped it just because it's new and we've, you know, we've, we're obviously going to learn so much in the first year. Yeah. We've capped it 100 for the 200 miler and 150 for the 100 miler. Um, the 100 milers already got 130 odd, I think, entered oh, wow. into it. And the 200 milers got 60 something entered into it. So wow. that's nearly full. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, you imagine what 2023 is going to be like. Um, yeah. You know, even even with Delirious, you know, Delirious is, has got uh, nearly 100 in the, in the 200 and the 100 miler over here now because we have brought in 100 miler this year this year coming just because we are still going to be restricted with international and, and I guess in an extent interstate um, numbers. Um, but, you know, even even that, we'll, we'll get our 150 to 200 um, runners doing a 200 miler in Australia in the next couple of years. How cool yes. is that? That is, that is so awesome. It's brilliant. So well done that, there's a stat I came up with a, in a, a couple of years ago that there was, um, before we did the first Delirious West 200 miler, um, there was only, I think, seven Western Australians that had ever run a 200 miler. Oh, wow. Uh, now we're up to 40-odd um, West Aussies. Um, yeah. Actually, I think it's more. I think it was 40 before October just went and we had another 20-odd in October that had completed yeah. their first one. Um you know, and, and then now we've brought that to South Australia, where South Australia only had a couple that had ever done yeah. it. Um, and now they've had something like 15. Uh, oh, and then West uh, New South Wales, by the time we get into New South Wales, um, you know, obviously there's going to be so many more there that'll that'll be jumping on that. And and the beauty of that one there too is is it's direct flights from um, from the east coast of sorry, west coast of um, the US. So come, oh, come 2023, there's um, you know, there's going to be people flying direct over from there to come be part of it. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool that, you know, I guess Ultra Series, in a, in a sense, has been able to have a fair bit to do with, um, you know, growing the 200-mile market in Australia. So it's it's a pretty cool family to be part of. And, um, you know, to watch people achieve 200 miles is that finish line is yeah. indescribable. So it yeah. is amazing. That, that's yeah I can imagine it and so well exciting times ahead I think and oh, I um think. yeah it, I think it's going to be fantastic all right well thank you Sean for coming on today and having a chat with us about all your oh, races thanks for sharing the love of the sport it's awesome yeah no worries and look you know I'll put the links to um 
your websites for the races in the show notes and yeah. you know people should go and have a look because you've got lots of great races thanks is appreciate it all right see you later see you mate I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to racing some of Sean's races over the next couple of years. Which ones are on your bucket list? Now, as I said earlier, if you want to get on my email list, go to peakendurancecoaching.com.au to sign up for tips on running, mindset and healthy nutrition. Have a great week of running and training and have fun out there on the roads and trails. Mm -hmm.